end. Just thinking of John 1. Uh, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, right? Basically. But then it says, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. You know, the whole idea of Christ coming down, God coming down, and being one of us. So that he could walk with us, you know, and we can experience him in that way. What a promise. What a promise. And I've been just thanking God for coming down. Really, I was just, this past week, I was focusing on that and just praising God that the fact that he came down. He came down. And even though, you know, sometimes I feel like he doesn't care. The proof that he loves me was the fact that he came down and died on the cross for me that's what it was about amen amen this morning uh just you realize that in life we spend a lot of time waiting i wonder and i tried looking on online trying to find something reliable that tells us how much time in life do we spend just waiting and i couldn't find anything that really suggested something. I mean, there were some goofy things out there. But how much time do we spend waiting? You know, as a kid, we can't wait to go to school like the big brother, big sister. But then we go to school and then we can't wait to get out of school. <laughs> you know, we wait. Can't wait to fall in love. And then, you know, we can't wait to get married. And can't wait to have kids. And then you have kids and you're like, oh, get them out of the house now. Can't wait till they leave. <laughs> we spend a lot of our lives waiting, you know, and the truth is, and patience is so much. I mean, we all need patience. Thinking about it so much, I mean, freeways, when someone, I mean, I'm just talking about me personally now, okay? Someone is going 50 in that 70 lane on the I-20. Like, come on. The supermarket lane, you know, you go to the uh, Walmart or wherever, you know, and that line is so big and the person is taking time. They've already scanned everything, but they're having this conversation about whatever. Doctor's offices, I don't know what to say. They never give you, they give you a time, but you still got to go there and wait. So for me, another one is people on the cell phones. And this happened to me twice this week, twice, never got this lucky before. They're on the cell phone. The signal turns left to turn. And I don't like to honk at people. But they realize and then they speed up. And by the time I get there, it turned red. Twice this past week. And I'm like, come on. We hate to wait. But the truth is we get impatient very easy. And we, like I said, we live in that instant. We love in that instant generation. Another thing, I guess one of my pet peeves is at a restaurant... You go there, you make a reservation for 6 o'clock, and you go there. I don't know how many times you're going to get a table right at 6. Nearly never. And I was lo looking up, and someone said there are five different things about restaurants. He said five different things that you learn to wait about. You wait to get a seat. You wait to get the menu. You wait for them to take your order. Then you wait for them to bring you food, and then you got to wait for the bill. And they have the audacity to call that person the waiter. <laughs> Truth is, we all need an extra dose of patience because 
we all run out of patience from time to time. And, you know, patience in every area of our lives. And I've titled my sermon this morning, Practicing Patience. Because I know I need it all the time. All the time. Dealing with uh, juniors and seniors in high school sometimes. I need it. I need a lot of patience in life. And this morning, this pa- uh, the passage I want to turn to, once again, is James chapter 5. James chapter 5. And I'm going to read from verses 7 through 12. James chapter 5 verses 7 through 12. And I know the, the subtitle there or what they have there, it says patience in suffering. But I think it is just patience in general that he addresses here in James. And he says, be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. And the examples he uses. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Again, a reference to the second coming right there. Verse 10, brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Verse 12, above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth, or by anything else, all you need to say is a simple yes or no. Otherwise, you will be condemned. When should I be patient? I've broken the sermon down into three parts here. And you, when James actually uses three examples. The farmer, the prophets, and of course, Job too. When should I be patient? I need to be patient. And like I said, the three examples that he gives. I need to be patient when I realize that I or we can't, cannot control everything around us. We can't control the circumstances around us. If you haven't already figured this out, there will always be something in your life that you cannot control. You can't, you can't put your thumb on every single thing in your life. And James uses the example of the farmer right here. When the circumstances are uncontrollable, he says, Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop. Now, if you know anything about farming, and I don't know if I've shared this story with you, but we tried back in Washington, because there's strawberries all over the place, and we got these plants, you know, we didn't have... uh, so we got these plants, basically, and we, we tried to grow strawberries. And they grew real good. And we had to be patient with them because we'd go out every day to see if there was something happening. And then finally it grew, and we said, the next day, tomorrow we're going to pluck them. They'll be ready, yes, uh, the next day. I think I shared this earlier. That morning we got up and busted our dog ate every single one of them. <laughs> I was, Heather and me just looked at each other like, no way. We waited and waited every single day watching this thing grow. And, and then this 
dog took it all. Who knew dog eats, I mean, dogs eat plants too, I guess. But if you want to be a farmer, you've got to have patience. Because the farmer has got to wait. He waits for the right time to plow or till the ground. He waits for the right time to plant the seed. He waits for the right time and he pour, I mean, waters the seed and everything else. He waits for the rain to come in. And then he waits to collect. Right when it's ripe, that's when he collects his harvest. And you got to realize there are a lot of things that you have to wait for as a farmer. But here's the thing. There are things that he can control, but there are also things that he cannot control. He can't control the rain or the heat or, you know, he can't control whether the workers are going to come in today or whether they're going to be on a strike and walk away or whatever. He can't control that. The same way, the truth is, there are a lot of things in our lives that we can't control. But like the farmer has faith, we are to have faith in God too. Even though we cannot control, even though the situations around us are beyond our control, we still got to learn to trust God. We got to learn to trust God because honestly, we worry We say we know, I mean, let me put this. We know we can't control everything, yet we try and worry. Not we try, we worry about it. Someone said, and I found this, you know, it says, worry itself is not healthy, but worrying about something you can't control is totally useless. I was like, yeah, that's the first time I came across that. Either way, you shouldn't worry because circumstances are out of control. And so we need patience when we realize that we can't control all situations. Second thing we need patience for is because uh, we need to realize that we can't control or change people. Some people are unchangeable. You talk about hard-headed, that's as hard as it's going to get sometimes. And we need extra patience with people like that. And I think the example he uses is for, of the prophets is for that same reason. Because what did the prophets always want and what did they always talk about? It was talking to people who had hard hearts. And he was saying, hey, change. You need to change before God does something or whatever. But then people don't change. But the, the people resist that change as such. And people resisting change, everybody knows that part. Change is the hardest thing to do. People struggle with change and they refuse to change. And the prophets still were patient with the people. And that's why he says we need to be patient like the prophets. Because we need to know that people sometimes don't change. Let me rephrase that a little. Actually, it's kind of interesting. The word patience, the word patience there, uh, the word here in this particular thing is called makrothumas. Which is kind of interesting. Macro means large or long. Thumas is the word for thermometer. Okay, and so he's saying to have patience, you've got to be a long time to get hot. No wonder you get that hot-headed, I guess. So it's kind of interesting that that word is used here. It's another word used somewhere else. But in this passage, it simply means you've got to take a long time before you get hot. And that's what patience is, really. Especially dealing with people. If you lose your cool easily you'll never make it so you got to be patient and understand and here's the main thing you got to understand no matter what or how good my argument my discussion my debate is 
I can never change people. You can never change people. God is the only one who can change people. So we can't lose patience with people. We can't lose patience because we got to learn that God is the one who brings conviction. No matter what we say, no matter what we do, no matter how much we preach to them from the word, ultimately it's not my words, but it's the word of God that is going to change people's lives. So we've got to literally not get frustrated, but be patient for people and pray with them. And we need patience when we realize that people sometimes can't change. God changes people's hearts. The third reason we need patience is because sometimes... Uh, many times we can't explain the problems we're going through right now. We can't explain why we're going through what we're going through right now. Why are we going through this? When we don't understand why things are not going right even though I have done everything right. Said this before and you all know this already. It's okay to ask God why. But along with the why, we've got to learn to be patient and to trust him too. That's why he uses the example. He used the example of the farmer. He uses the example of the prophets for hard-hearted people. And then he uses the example of Job. He says, you've heard of Job's perseverance. You've heard of Job's perseverance. And here's my Super Bowl reference. Job won the Super Bowl of suffering. He did. I mean, think about it. Within a matter of basically two days, you know, Job is one of the wealthiest people. The Bible calls him, if not the wealthiest, one of the most wealthiest people around his time. But within a matter of two days, he lost everything. Bankrupt, children were taken away, his incurable disease and, you know, everything that he had was gone. And here he's left suffering in pain day after day because of this. Within a matter of basically two days. Everything is taken away. And then, of course, his wife comes along and tells him what? Curse God and die. That's the support system he needed right there. <laughs> I heard one pastor say, God took away everything from him except his nagging wife. I don't know why that came to me. <laughs> but... Think about it, 37 chapters in Job, 37 chapters in Job, and you don't hear a single thing about God. Really, nothing from God at all. In 37 chapters, he's asking the same question, why me, God? Why me, God? But let's be fair, let's be real, life isn't fair. Life isn't fair. Nowhere in the Bible does it promise that life is going to be fair just because we chose to follow Christ. But we got to realize that in and through the mountaintops or the valleys, those deep, dark valleys like Job went through, God is still there in the midst of us. Amen. We will never live in a fair world because we live in a fallen world. On this side of eternity, please don't think life is going to be fair. But we have a God who's going to be with us through it all. We'll never understand. And there are so many, I mean... The number of people I have interacted with and you probably have interacted with who've always questioned, why is this happening? And the number of times I've told people, I lose count, I don't understand everything you're going through. I don't think I'll ever understand everything you are going through. 
You know, it's just, the truth is, why does this happen? And there are so many people angry with God because of something that happened. The, the truth is, God is not going to take away free will. People sometimes use free will to hurt and harm others. That's always going to happen on this side of eternity. We can't always explain everything. But that's why we need patience. Job didn't understand everything that was happening or anything that was happening to him. Unexplained problems. But yet Job maintained his faith. He still held on to God. He still held on to God. And one thing that I see more and more of now than ever before is there are a lot of people who are angry with God because they've asked the question why and they don't have an answer. And they're angry with God because they think God owes them an explanation. And they're so angry with God. That's the only reason they're mad with God because God is not explaining himself to us. But when you understand that God is sovereign, he sees the beginning from the end. When you understand that he has every single day of my life in his hands, he knows what is best for me. That's when you won't get that mad with God because you understand that God is God. He will always be God. Have patience when you don't even understand. And I really, I know we'll talk about this a little more. God really doesn't owe us an explanation. But I want to encourage you, don't abandon God or get mad with God just because you don't understand why. Please be patient. Hold on to God. Be patient. We need patience when circumstances are out of our control, when we realize that people cannot be changed, when we realize and I mean, when we can't explain the problems around us. That's why we need patience. Now, why do we need to practice patience? Here's the encouragement. Number one, because God is and will always be in control. God is and will always be in control. Verse 8, it says, be patient. Be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Because the Lord's coming is near. And three times in this passage, he makes a reference to God or Jesus coming back again. Three times. He makes reference to the Lord coming back. He says Jesus is coming back three times. Because here's the truth. The ultimate proof that God is in control is the promise that he will come back again. Not a promise itself. It's a fact that he will come back again. It's a truth we hold on to. And that fact that he is going to come back again is the ultimate proof that he is in control. He is in control. Honestly, the Bible talks so much about him coming back again. He is in control. When he comes back, he will come not as a baby, but someone who will judge the world. He came the first time. He promised and he came. He promises to come again and he will come the second time. God is and will always be in control. And we need to understand this. Why do we practice patience? Because we need to understand that God is in control of history. Because history is his story. He's had it planned out right from the beginning of time. Everything is on schedule. Nothing is ever going to be late. Everything is moving towards that climax of history when he reveals himself again as the coming king of kings and lord of lords and reign over the whole earth again that's his promise that's his promise that's why we ought to be patient because we know 
he is in control he is in control church if he controls the destiny of mankind he controls yours and my destiny too there are no mistakes in god's plan for your life there are no mistakes in god's plan for your life because he is in control no matter what the problem you are facing no problem is bigger than god's purpose in your life no problem is bigger than god's purpose in your life and god is in control trust me church there have been times when i have thought my life is out of control right now but the more i realize that it is my not my life but his life the more peace i get to enjoy because my life is under his control i can't control everything that happens in my life but god can control it so i choose to trust him god is in control god is in control and everything everything in my life is moving towards the ultimate purpose that he has for me the ultimate purpose that he has for me church please do not let the fear of your situation overwhelm you and cause you to lose sight of the fact that god is in control of your life job went through like i said the deepest darkest valley but the bible says yet he did not lose his faith he did not lose his faith hear me out church god's timing is perfect god's timing is perfect he is never late he's never never late and just because and i i i can relate sometimes we go through delays in our life but god's is never late we may experience the delay but a delay doesn't doesn't extinguish his purpose for our lives we practice patience because god is we know god is in control number 2 like job story again we practice patience because god rewards patience God rewards patience and it says there in verse 11 as you know we are, I mean he talks about Job and what happened at the end we consider blessed those who have persevered yes. blessed the second part of Job's story we all know the second part of Job's story we know how the story ended now please again understand we're not talking about reward just in the sense of material stuff because the reward is way greater than just material stuff sometimes the reward is our own character growing our love for god grows our love for others grow our patience with others also grows god rewards god rewards patience god rewards it you'll honor the truth is this god honors a person who stands in by faith in patience waiting for god He honors that kind of faith. Matthew 5:13 and 14 it says uh because the truth is this on this side of eternity on this side of the eternity we will always be the focus and the target of people on the outside will target us for our faith. Absolutely. They will always come against us. But you got to remember when we persevere through the situations God will reward us. Uh, Matthew 5 says blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For so they prof- they persecuted the prophets who were like you. 
when people put you down, when they criticize you, be patient. Because it says here in this passage, your reward is in heaven. Be patient because God rewards us, rewards us. And here in Matthew 5, it says he rewards us. Our reward is in heaven. Again, the natural tendency to fight back or get even is the total opposite of patience. We all know that we can't fix the problem. The greatest thing we do is make to fix. The best we can do is make it worse. Allow God who knows what's best for us to fix our problems. Allow God to be, uh, to give us the reward that we need when we are patient. Thirdly, one, God is in control. God rewards those who are patient. And thirdly, it's because God is working things out. God is working things out. Like, you know this example of a play, or if you've gone to the theater, we never see what's going on behind the curtain. But there will be a time when that curtain is raised, and the same way there will be a time when God will unveil what He has been working on. That's the hope and the confidence we have. God is working things out behind the scenes he is at work verse 11 it says you have heard of job's perseverance and seen what the lord finally brought about job had no clue what was happening he had no idea what was happening he didn't know like the bible says the lord is full of compassion and mercy that's what God revealed to him more than just the money and the kids and everything else that he got back. He understood that God was full of compassion and mercy through his suffering. God is working things out all the time. I mean, I've, I've said, I mean, Job is my, like my favorite book in the Old Testament. And a lot of my studies are in the book of Job because Job's perseverance challenges me challenges me because he never got an answer to the why all he got was the assurance that God was with him and that was enough for this man that's the challenge for us to to trust God through it because we know God is working things out Job thought God abandoned him but God showed up God will never abandon his children God will never abandon his children. That prayer, that answer you've been waiting for may feel like God has forgotten you. But let me tell you today, God will never forget you. He will never abandon you. A denial, I mean, a delay is not a denial, people. A delay is not a denial. God, you know, that no may just be a not yet. Trust him. Trust him. Like I said, that's the hard part because we want to know. We don't like delays at all. But learn to trust Him because God is working things out. God is working things out. Job said, why is this happening to me? God said, I'm here with you. Amen. And that was enough. That was enough. Famous pastor in the last century, he said he was walking uh, up and down, pacing up and down his office one morning, really frus frustrated. And somebody walked in and saw him like that and he said, what's the matter, Pastor? He says, he said, I'm in a hurry, but God apparently isn't. Church, I use the saying, you probably heard the cliche, while we are waiting, God is still working. 
while we are waiting God is still working that's why we need to stay patient and the truth is this we are to thank God in advance because he does answer we need to step out and thank God in faith thank God in advance for what he's going to do instead of focusing on the problem focus on who God is his goodness his faithfulness and everything that he has done for you focus on that again the whole idea of the farmer the illustration and the farmer think about it the farmer while he's waiting for that crop to grow he just doesn't sit there and watch tv he gets ready sharpening his tools for the harvest that's what a normal farmer does that's what we are to do too get ready prepare our hearts in advance for knowing knowing that god will answer prayer prepare our hearts in advance knowing that god who began the good work will complete the work Philippians 2:13 it says God is working in you within you maybe you can't see it but he is working in you we know Romans 8:28 and we know that in all things God is working for what for the good of those who trust him right it's for our good God is working things out and the truth is we go through this week and we will have problems but trust God that he is in control trust God that while we are waiting he is still working and he's going to use whatever situation there is he's going to use us use us to reach others too work in us and work through us when we learn to be patient when we learn to be patient we practice patience because God because we know God is in control we practice patience because we know God rewards patience we practice patience because we know God is working things out for my good and lastly as we close how do we practice patience three points right at the end how am i supposed to be waiting on God as such number 1 the farmer waits expectantly the farmer waits expectantly we wait expectantly wait expectantly for the God, for lord to answer us Amen. wait expectantly we've got to believe expectantly means being ready being prepared that's the whole idea i gave you the idea the farmer isn't just sitting there waiting for the crop to grow while it's growing he's getting everything else ready cleaning the barn out getting the the tools sharpened getting make sure the tractor works everything else that is expectant when you prepare that's being expectant you got to prepare you got to wait expectantly uh, some 130 verse 5 from the living bible it says i waited expectantly trusting god to help me for he has promised it Amen. wait expectantly to god what are we waiting for what are you waiting for and are you waiting expectantly right now wait expectantly for god just again from my own life i've realized that sometimes i re- i think i'm waiting for god but i realize that very often god is waiting for me yeah. he's waiting for me he's ready but i'm not ready yet i think i am sometimes but he's got to do a work in my life to get me ready to get me ready to pour out what he has planned you know and sometimes it simply is grow up that's what it is sometimes just grow up get some spiritual depth in your life before god can bless you 
before God can bless you and use you and pour into your life everything that he has promised. We're waiting for the promise to be fulfilled, but we're not grown in our walk with the Lord. How are we going to be bear fruit if we don't have any spiritual depth in our lives? We prepare by digging in. And when we dig into his word, then we will bear much fruit. We've got to stay connected to the, one, uh, to the vine. Be prepared. Waiting means, waiting expectantly means being prepared. Because honestly, when we wait, God is not going to disappoint us. God is never going to disappoint us. Think about it. Jesus waited how long? 30 years for three and three and a half years of ministry. The timing had to be right. He was God right when he was born. He wasn't God just when he started doing his miracles. But he had to learn to wait on the perfect time. Remember, even when his mother comes and asks him for something, he says, you know, it's not ready yet. Okay, and so learn. If Jesus himself had to learn to be patient, when learn to wait patiently, we need to learn to wait patiently, wait expectantly. Number two, and this is what James says, and I think it's just so, it's, this verse feels like it's in the middle of nowhere. Don't grumble. Wait quietly. Wait quietly. It says, don't grumble against each other. Or you will be judged. It seems so out of, he's talking about patience and all of a sudden he's saying don't grumble. But the truth is this. When we are stuck in a situation and we don't have answers, the first thing very easily we do is grumble. We grumble. Don't grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be judged. It's hard to be quiet when you're frustrated. When you are frustrated, we want to go out and tell the whole world about it. Or yell into our pillow. I don't know what we do. But it's hard to be quiet when you are frustrated. And that's exactly what James is talking about. He's talking, the context is about being patient. And he says, don't grumble. The New English translation, it says, don't blame your trub troubles on one another. Don't blame your troubles on one another. I heard this some years ago. It's so true. Many of us wake up in the morning, don't arise and shine. We arise and whine. Because the first thing we do is complain about how cold it is. You think the rest of the day is going to be good? Someone else said, if you come home at night dog tired, it's because you've been growling the whole day. another good one this is the first time I heard this one it's about a lady who griped about her husband all the time the guy died and she put on his tombstone rest in peace then she came back home and they read the will and he realized she realized that he left her only five dollars she goes back and scribbled next to rest in peace till we meet again Wait quietly. Wait quietly. It's hard to be, like I said, quiet when God has taken us through the time of waiting. Because we want to just come and tell people, tell everybody what's happening. We want people to feel bad for us and sympathize with us or pat us on the back and tell us we're doing a good job. But that's not the point of it all. Let's wait on God. And above all things, don't swear. You know, sometimes when we're patient, we say, God, if you do this for me, I'll do that for you. That's the whole point. I'm not, it's not talking about just swearing in terms of cussing. Because we make a lot of promises while we're walking through that valley, but very often we fail 
Very often we fail to live up to the promise we made while we were down there. I remember my dad um, at, at, our ch- at our service actually. And there was a guy who had been in the military who, had, who was really stuck in. He was literally like a foxhole basically. And he was really struggling. And he cried out, God, I'll do anything for you. Get me out of here. And then, of course, he came out, served, went to church for a year. And then, of course, you know what happens after some time. And someone invited him to church. I think there was a baby dedication. And he came because it was friend's kid or whatever. And then there was a prophetic word right there in a different language. And for some reason, there was no, uh, there was no real interpretation of that. Till the very end. Because this guy was in Afghanistan and learned the local language. And the prophetic word was in that language. And only he understood what it was. And then what he came, he came crying to the altar to the pastor. And he says, that guy reminded me of what I said down there in that foxhole. And of course, the pastor took time to explain what was happening. But sometimes we make promises when we're dark in those deep valleys. We make promises, but we do not follow through on them. The Bible tells us it's better not to make those promises at all. Wait quietly. Don't go anxious. God, I'll do anything for you right now. Just get me out of this. Wait patiently means to be quiet too. And lastly, I think it's very important. Wait confidently. That's hope. That's it. Hope is that confidence of knowing God will see me through this situation. Whether it be in life or in death, God will see me through the situation. I have that confidence. It's the same confidence that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had. Even if you do this, we know that our God will deliver us. But even if he doesn't deliver us, we will still not worship you. That's the confidence, the hope that they had waiting on God to work in their lives. When we wait on God, when we need to be patient, we don't despair. We walk in hope. We wait confidently. We wait confidently. Micah 7 verse 7 says, I waited confidently for the Lord. That is what hope is all about. And I think, again, it goes back to the fact that God is in control. That's why I have hope. I have hope and I have this confidence because he is in control. Again, fight the urge to fix things yourselves. Because very often when we try it, we mess it up a lot more. Why not wait on God who can do it perfectly? Amen. Psalms 37, it says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Yes. Church, allow God to work. Because he does a way better job than you or me will ever do. Yes. Wait confidently. Wait confidently for God. Wait expectantly. Prepare yourself. Give God thanks in advance. Give God thanks in advance. Wait quietly. Don't grumble. Don't swear. Just learn to be quiet and be still. And know God is going to work. And then wait with hope and confidence. Wait with hope and confidence. Bow your heads with me this morning. Hallelujah. This was church. I know this was, I've been in church long enough. There's nothing here that was mind-blowingly different. It's things we already know, but that's what the word of God is all about. I don't know a single person here. I mean, I know I can't put my hand up and say I don't need patience. 
We all need patience, especially in particular times, in particular situations. I was thinking, we think we don't need patience till something happens and then we think, man, I need a lot more patience. But just know, God is in control. Remember the, the illustrations he used here, the examples he gives. The farmer, he waits because there are things out of his control, but he's got to trust God. But he's not just sitting there idly, just waiting. He's preparing. The prophets, they went and spoke to people who were hard-hearted. But they didn't stop because people didn't listen to them. They just kept preaching, kept speaking the word of God, knowing that God is the one who's going to change their lives. Be patient when people are just, like I said, hard-headed sometimes. Just be patient. Be patient when you, like Job, are going through the deep and dark valley. You will never control everything, but I know a God who controls everything. That gives me so much joy. That gives me and fills my heart with hope. That all I have to do is turn to Him. Because He's got my life in His hands. History is His story. Remember, I don't know what everybody's going through right now, whether it be a, you know, you need that financial breakthrough, you've been waiting for a while, whether it be a situation at your workplace or something that needs to just give, whether it be a, a health issue, be patient. I just want to encourage you to be patient and wait on God because He is in control. No problem you are going through will thwart the purpose God has planned for you from before time began. Nothing you are going through is ever going to stop His purpose from being accomplished. And instead of fighting it, I'm just going to put my hands up and trust Him. When it looks bad, I choose to look up. When it looks bad, I choose to look up because where does my help come from? My help comes from Him. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Lord, I pray, God, that You will teach us, Lord, and help us to be patient, Lord. Maybe like Job, you're going through something personal in your life. Trust Him. Maybe you're dealing with a situation in your family, at work, with someone who's just, he's just not changing. Trust Him. His life is in God's hands. And maybe you're just waiting for something, a miracle, a touch, an answer. Like that farmer, you can't control everything. Trust Him. Trust Him.
they may be out of control in my life but i know they're never out of control of god god is always in control church stand with me